Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, before we get into this segment, I just wanted to touch upon uh, the attacks that happened in Manchester last night. Uh, obviously, a tragedy and thoughts and prayers with everybody that's been affected by it. Uh, but I am not very knowledgeable about what's happened over there. I don't want to touch on it too much uh, other than to send condolences. This is just a football show. Um, that's really my area of expertise, and so I'm going to leave more educated discussions to people that are more informed than myself. Um, but with that out of the way, we are here with Dave Hendrick, who you may know from all of his stuff on the Anfield Index. Uh, Dave, Liverpool had a very kind of topsy-turvy season. Uh, the defense was shaky at times. We've seen other issues that may be in the squad, but at the end of the day, you're back in the Champions League, which i got to imagine was the objective all along this year. Well, the one thing I, I disagree with Kev is, is the defense. Um, it wasn't so much that it was shaky some of the time. Shaky all the time and calamitous time. <laughs> um, you're right. I mean, mission accomplished, top four, you know, signed, sealed, and delivered. That's what we started out the season aiming for. Um, but, I mean, you know, there was times in the season when it looked like we might challenge for the title. You know, you look back to the first half of the season – and we looked like title challengers. And then, you know, kind of through January, it looked like we could finish maybe sixth or seventh. And the second half of the season has literally been that. Will we get third or fourth? Or will we get sixth or seventh? Because, you know, yourselves and Chelsea sort of pulled away from the pack. And um, it, it became a, a bit of a dogfight. And I think it will help this team massively to have come through that. Because there's question marks over the quality of a lot of these players. There's a lot of mentally weak players um, in this squad. And I think having to really grind and you know go right to the last day to get top four will be a big, a big bonus moving forward. Yeah. Um, this does mean that you'll have the playoff game. Does that concern you at all? Or is it just nah. once you're in, you're basically in? Uh, no. We're seeded. I'm not concerned about anybody we could play. I think we'll go and we'll beat them regardless. Um, I think that's the, the mindset we have to take. If we start worrying about playoffs, that'll that'll seep over into other things, such as trying to buy players for next season, you know. Mm. And um, we'll end up missing out on the, the good players we want and buying more, you know, dross like we have in the past. <laughs> Which you probably don't want to do. Uh, we'll get to how you can add to your squad a little bit later here. Um, but uh, let's talk about Jurgen Klopp a little bit. Um, he obviously came over with a massive reputation. Uh, last season was a little disappointing, but you know you could point that to squad issues. It wasn't his team yet. 
Um, we've seen it move a little bit more that direction. What are your thoughts now having seen him for two years at the club? Well, see, I, I actually don't think... I, I think the disappointing, disappointing thing about last season was the fact that we lost two cup finals. Mm. But we still had two great runs to cup finals. We, we punted on the league. Like, let's be clear about that. We punted on the league. We beat Chelsea and we beat City very early in Klopp's reign. And I think if we'd focused completely on the league, we would have had a chance at making top four. Because I don't think Arsenal were particularly good last year. Um, the, look, the league was terrible last year. I mean, the league yeah. was awful last year. You guys and, and Leicester were, were decent. I don't think either of you were great. I think Leicester just had the right mindset. You guys kind of fell apart at the end of the season. I don't think Arsenal were great. I don't think City were great. United were poor. Um, I genuinely think if we'd focused on the league only last season, we could have made a real run at top four. Um, but Klopp made a decision to focus on the Cubs. I think he wanted to get some silverware early and um, kind of, you know, we haven't had much success in the last 10 years. Um, only one trophy in that 10-year period. So I think that was kind of the aim there. Um, there's obviously holes in Klopp's, you know, in Klopp's game. He's not, he's not a particularly brilliant tactician. And that's fine. Because I don't think Jose Mourinho is a particularly brilliant tactician. I think he's got one tactic that he can pull out of the bag, and that's to park the bus. I don't think Mourinho is a great tactician. But then Alex Ferguson wasn't a good tactician. Alex Ferguson is one of the all-time great managers, but by his own admittance was not great at the tactical side of the game. So I don't worry about that so much. <clears throat> what I do worry about with Klopp, though, is there's a stubborn streak. And I worry sometimes it'll cost us. It, it We see it with substitutions where he'll leave things far too late to make substitutions. Um, especially if he's done something different with the starting lineup. And it, it seems like he's often just been a little overly stubborn and, and trying to prove that you know his initial decision was right. Um, the stubbornness over the Mamadou Sakho situation, you know, yeah. I think that's almost as big time this year. I think with Sakho in the team over Lovren, I think we challenge you and Chelsea for the title mm. um, because it would have just improved the defence massively. You know, the decision to, to play Milner at left back and then the stubbornness to just stick with it when... The whole season. Yeah, yeah when Milner was terrible. Like, he was okay until November because the team were playing really well and you can carry a couple of bad players when your team is playing pretty well, especially when you've got Coutinho, Firmino and Mane in the form they were in at the time. You've got four midfielders <clears throat> all playing well in Henderson, Lalana, Chan and Wijnaldum. When you've got that, you know, you've got three, three attackers just tearing the league up, four midfielders competing for three spots, all playing well, and you can carry bad players, and that's what was happening. We were that's what we were seeing was was Milner getting carried, and then when the team wasn't playing well, they couldn't carry Milner anymore. And he's been awful since November. He's had maybe two or three good games, and like they're relatively good. They're good for him in that role. They're not good by left back standards, by real left back standards. You know, you have Alberto Moreno there. The two best left back performances we saw all season in Liverpool Red were by Alberto Moreno. That was away to Crystal Palace and at home to you guys in the, in the Cup. Um, he was he was excellent in both those games, a level Milner didn't see all season. So it, it's little things like that with Klopp that you know do cause concern, but the good you know, far, far outweighs the bad. I mean, 
you can tell he really inspires his players. His preparation is is off the charts. Um, he's clearly got a decent eye for talent in terms of bringing players in. Uh, because, you know, we'll talk about the signings, but, I mean, his signings have worked out pretty well for us this, thus far. So, yeah, I definitely think that the good outweighs the bad by by an awful lot. Um, but there, there is certain things that are, you know, would, would, would give you cause for concern. Yeah, um, in that you mentioned how brilliant uh, Coutinho and the other two in that front line were, uh, especially in the first half of the season. Um, do you think Coutinho has finally put that consistency together? Obviously, there were quotes earlier uh, today slash late yesterday about um, it's easy, it's better to become a legend at Liverpool than to leave and just become a small part player somewhere else. Is he inching towards that world-class level that we've always seen with his potential? Is he closer in ability now? I think so. I mean, you look back at the start of the season, you'd be hard-pushed to find anybody in the league who was better than him from August until he got injured. He, he was really exceptional at that point. Now, when he came back from the injury, I just don't know that he was ever properly right because it took him, I would say, up until early April before he really, really looked like himself again. And it's only over this last run of games. And, you know, what he's done over the last run of games is put the team on his back. Um, we've seen him move back into the deeper midfield role in the last two games. I've been calling for that for four years now. And I'm very hopeful that we'll see that moving forward. That's what he is. He's not a number 10, and he's certainly not a left winger. He's a number 8. He's 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 the heir to Andreas Iniesta in that role. And I think if we can put the right players with him, I think he can really, really do special things in that position next season. Uh, if he was to move back, that would obviously open up a space in that forward three. Do you think that's a position you'll address in the offseason? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think him moving back, I think he takes Lallana's position in midfield and Lallana goes to the bench. And I think it opens up a position in the front three. Um, we're being linked with, with, with players who would, you know, fit in well there. Um, I, I think Douglas Costa of Bayern Munich would be the ideal fit. But we're also been linked with Mo Salah from Roma, uh, obviously ex-Chelsea, who's a really, really good player, improved massively while he's been in Italy. Um I think what we'll look for is, is you know, more uh, pace and a more direct style of play, almost like looking for a left-footed Mane. Mm. Um, so you put Mane and, and this winger either side of Firmino. I think that's the plan. Although what we could see, we've seen the diamond the last two games. Yeah, we could well see Liverpool move to the diamond where it's Chan deepest, Coutinho to the left. Uh, Either Wijnaldum or potentially a new signing to the right. And then either Firmino or Mane as the 10. And then the other one up front with, with potentially a striker. I know we're looking at some strikers. So, you know, maybe that's the plan. Interesting. Yeah, getting a striker and then maybe moving Firmino to the left. That would also be an interesting way to do that. Um, speaking of next year's futures, Daniel Sturridge. Uh, what, what do you think? Do you think he is now become a bit more accustomed to potentially being an off-the-bench threat, or do you think he may look elsewhere for more minutes? If, if he's willing to accept that role, then we should absolutely keep him, because his talent is there for all to see. Um, the issue is whether he will do that long-term. And, you know, it, it's just difficult, because if he was fit and you could rely on him to start 30 league games a season... 
he's he's as good as anybody in the league. Um, but you can't rely on him. You can't build around him. We're paying him huge money, and he's he's still worth quite a lot. I mean, you'd still get twenty five or thirty million for for him on the open market, especially like a club like West Ham or somebody would absolutely pay that kind of money to get a, a marquee name like Sturridge. Um, so I think it'll depend on two things. It'll depend on his willingness to accept that role and also his willing or the you know what offers come in for him because even if he is willing to accept it, I think if a not a big enough offer comes in, I think the club might accept it with the idea that we can go and get someone and you know develop them into that role. Yeah, that makes sense. I also saw you tweeting about uh, Ihe and Nacho. Do you think that's a direction you might be interested in going in? I'd love to see Liverpool grab him because I, I think he's a fantastically talented young player. I, personally, I think he's more talented than Marcus Rashford. And, you know, we've seen all the Rashford hype this season. Um, some deserved, some undeserved. I think Ian Nacho is, is just an incredible finisher. Um, just natural instincts in the box. So, I mean, if we were to sell Sturridge... He'd certainly be my ideal pick for someone that we could have off the bench, um, you know, bring them on on 70 if you need a goal or whatever. I, I just think he'd be perfect. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, unfortunately, we haven't had you on much uh, this season as you've been busy with other stuff. Uh, so we were kind of going through and asking people in different shows around the player of the year season who your player of the year and young player of the year was for each club. So for Liverpool, who would you say would have earned those accolades? Um, for player of the year, I went for Jeannie Wijnaldum. Now, Sadio Mane Ooh, is the real player a, of the year. Mm, I love that sneaky shout. But the thing is, Wijnaldum... Played almost every game. Mane missed a lot of games. I think he missed nine games in total. So I, I just went for Genie because for me, you know, one of the best abilities a player can have is availability, being able to be on the pitch. So I went for Wijnaldum. Six goals and 11 assists um, from deep in midfield is a hell of a first season. I think he's been our best player overall since Christmas. Um, he really carried this team through sort of January, February, got us points when we probably didn't deserve them. So for me, I'd go for Wijnaldum um, as player of the year, but with the you know the note that if Mane had been fit all season, it would have been Mane. Um, and the, if, if Coutinho hadn't got hurt, it probably would have been him as well, but not only did we lose the games where he was injured, we lost about two months after he came back, where he just he was completely out of sorts. Um, young player of the year. How do you define young player of the year? Are you, are you going twenty three and under? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's Emre Jan. It's Emre Jan. It's it's not even close. Um, he was 
really, really... He started the season injured. He came back. He was really, really good in October and November. He got injured again. He came back. He had a couple of great games. He absolutely dominated Man City. He dominated United. He made Paul Pogba look like a little boy. And then he picked up a calf strain, and he played through it. And he had a couple of rough months. But from March onwards, he has literally thrown this team up on his shoulders and just marched us to the Champions League. Um, some of his performances have been absolutely sensational. And he topped it by scoring the goal of the season against Watford. And anyone who tells you there was a better goal of the season is talking absolute rubbish. Um, he's falling away and he manages to catch that ball absolutely perfectly with his instep. And not just put it past the keeper, but he bends it away from the keeper into the top corner. It's absolutely phenomenal, especially considering the pass to him was dreadful. Um, it's Wasn't phenomenal. It Leva with, with the chip pass. <laughs> um, I think he what he meant to do was chip it into Chan's path so he could run on and head it. But instead, he chipped it about two yards behind him. And Chan is a big, big guy, so he had to turn himself around, readjust everything, find his centre, throw himself up in the air. And then he still has the technique that, that, you know, it's just it's a phenomenal goal. Yeah, it was a terrific finish. Uh, what role do you think he fills long term? Because I think when he first came over, people assumed he was more of a defensive midfielder. Do you think that, that will long term be the case, or do you think he'll end up playing further forward? Um, I think he's going to end up as the holding midfielder. I don't think he'll be a traditional defensive midfielder. Like, he'll never be a Wanyama. Yeah. But um, I think he can be somewhere between Wanyama and Pirlo, like somewhere in the middle of that where he's he's good defensively but not great and he's good on the ball but not great. Um, I think he can be a really, really good player for us. I think he's he's so clever. Um, he's really switched on for his age. Defensively, he's he's already, he's actually better than good. He's, he's actually really good. Um, he tracks runners really well. He shields the defense really well. Like I say, he's not Wanyama level, but as a defensive shield, you're, you're probably not finding anyone in the world better than Wanyama bar Sergio Busquets, um, just at that pure art of, of protecting your back four. Mm. Um, but but Chan, Chan is really, really good at it. And um, he's really good in the ball as well. Like he's He can be a little bit ponderous at times where he tries to wait for things to open, um, but he's waiting for people to make moves. The difference with him and, and Henderson is Henderson doesn't want the ball. Henderson's a coward when he, when he has possession, and he just wants to get rid of it as quickly as possible. Um, so he gives it to others, and he lets them do the creative stuff. Chan wants to do that creative stuff. Now, with Coutinho deeper beside him for the last couple of games, he's been more than happy to just you know feed Coutinho and let Coutinho take care of that and then kind of be the secondary playmaker while Wijnaldum as the third midfielder just becomes the runner. And that's worked really well for us um, in the last two games. So I think next season, I think he will play that number six role. I think he'll, he'll sit in front of the defence and he, he'll dictate play and, and shield the defence. That makes sense. Um, next season is not too far away now, which is mm-hmm. incredible. <laughs> Seems that there's no breaks in this sport. Um, but you will be in the Champions League again with the playoff match, but we assume that you'll make it through there do you think that's where your objectives will be because of how disappointing the Champions League campaign was last time, or do you think you'll focus more on the league? Um, 
I think we should focus on the league. Like, I don't see us as a team that can win the Champions League, no matter what we do this summer, because I think the gap is just too great. Um, so I think we should focus on the Premier League and focus on staying in the Champions League. And I think everybody's focus should be on keeping United out of it, um, because the longer they're out of it, the more they'll suffer financially. Um, so I think we should focus on the league. And I think I think we will do better. I think just by default we'll do better than what we did under Rodgers, because that was just embarrassing. And I don't think we'll see Klopp go anywhere and wave a white flag the way Rodgers did at the Bernabeu. Um, I don't think we'll we'll see us playing a must-win game uh, on the final match day and, you know, turning out the reserves. So I, I, I don't think we'll... I don't think there's any chance, no matter what group we get, I don't think there's any chance we'll be the embarrassment we were last time round. Um, I think we'll be better. But I, I think the focus should be the league because that's your bread and butter and it's what gets you into the Champions League. You know, you, you use the Champions League to get the better players, which can then lead to you winning titles, winning Champions Leagues. But you've got to continually be in it to attract those players. Yep, makes sense. Uh, all right, well, in the interim, during the off-season, where can people find you? Um, I am back from my six-month sabbatical. So I'll be doing some stuff on Anfield Index. I'm sure myself and yourself will be doing some stuff. I might even do some stuff on World Football Index. And um, yeah, you can fo- don't follow me on Twitter, though. No. <laughs> Just do something else. Uh, all right, well, thanks so much uh, for coming on, and I'm sure we'll speak soon. Cool, speak soon.